guys and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Remember guys, we've been getting quite a few emails coming in of people needing help or just guidance here investing in real estate or just investing in Costa Rica in general. You can email us at info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. It doesn't matter what it is, we'll be more than happy to help. If you want to be put in touch with a realtor in the area um, or would like to know of services in those areas, just let us know as I said, we're more than happy to help. Well, today is going to be an interesting podcast. It's the first one that we have with Jen Harter. She's a broker uh, with two Costa Rica real estate out of the Santa Teresa Malapais area, which if you guys know, is a very hot area at the moment. Probably one of the most expensive areas, that and Nosada, uh, in Costa Rica. If you guys don't know the area, it's basically where Giselle Bunchel and Tom Brady have a home, and there's some beautiful luxury beachfront hotels there. So it's a very unique area uh, that combines kind of surf and also wellness. Um, so we're going to be speaking to Jen uh, all about what's happening in the area, what she has in her listings, and just kind of just get an update. Okay. Remember, if you have any questions for Jen, all of her contact details will be in the description down below. Uh, you can also comment away as well, and I will forward them on to her. Remember to subscribe, guys, to the podcast. Uh, also give us reviews. We love a good review. Thank you very much. Um, but let's get straight into it. Good afternoon, Jen. How are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Very, very good. Very, very good. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. No, not at all. I know it's been a crazy year for you, Jen. You've had twins plus also, again, it's probably been one of the busiest years for real estate, right? Yeah, I'm based in Santa Teresa and like many other nature resort markets, we've had record-breaking sales and just an influx of people relocating to our area this year. Wow. Well, I mean... Talk about this year so far. I mean, what is it that's really surprised you? And also what trends are you seeing? Well, like many other markets since the pandemic, our market took off and our average buyer, instead of looking for a vacation home, which they could probably rent out as well for income, they were looking for second homes or part-time homes. So that, that type of buyer changed in our market because people are obviously working online and reevaluating their lifestyle. Yeah. So we have a lot of families and professionals who have come to our market and uh, which was quite a surprise in and of itself. A few, like, especially after our borders in Costa Rica opened in October, after being about six months in lockdown, um, our season just took off. And in the last six months, I'm surprised that there's no signs of slowing, of course, with the variants now and the pandemic seems to continue dragging on. We are expecting the high season who starts in November to be extremely busy in our office. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think I'd mentioned, I don't know whether I, I'd mentioned to you, but I know that a lot of the people listening to the podcast know is I'm one of the owners of Costa Rica's largest luxury travel company. So we manage about 25,000 people a year. So I get to see these trends uh, and all these data trends from, we also own centralamerica.com, which is like a luxury lifestyle living website. So we get to see it from there of what people are searching, what people are booking, when they're booking for. And if, if that's any indication, this coming high season is going to be probably the biggest high season in the country's history. Wow. So, so yeah, I, I, I spoke to Scott Cutter the other day, uh, who you know very, very well, you guys work together. Uh, and Scott was just mentioning is that Liberia's arrivals in like June, July, were exactly the same as 2019 and San Jose was only 15% off. But if you were to remove probably the business travel, uh, you know, San Jose was probably higher than what it was, you know, to 2019. So yeah, I think you're taking a well-earned break at this particular moment in time because the high season is going to be crazy. 
Yeah, we're bracing for it. And in our market, we've kind of come with um, to find that we have, have the obstacle of like low inventory. Most of our buyers are looking for residence turnkey, minimal, um, like people are not looking to come and build or do big projects, maybe small fixing up, but not that much. So we're really aggressively trying to reach out to owners and sellers to try to get more listings. Awesome. I apologize because I've done something that any of the builders and architects did have told people to do on this podcast. I did not do it. I have a tin roof instead of like a, uh, a clay tile roof, because again, the clay tile roof would absorb the noise. So if you do start to hear rain, I apologize. Okay. I, I'm sure we have a lot of the construction guys that have been on the podcast rolling their eyes at the moment. But anyway, I mean, you're based in Santa Teresa Malpais. Um, I know that area very well, but describe the area to people. What's the community like? I mean, give them an idea of like, I mean, what it's like. Okay, so it's um, the towns of, internationally, it's known more as Santa Teresa. Um, the, the beach south of it is Malpais. It's on the very tip of the Nicoya Peninsula on the southern tip. And it's a community that really started um, around the surf culture. Yeah. It has grown tremendously over the last 20 years about 25 years ago there was only a handful of families living in this area so it's a very new town it's very international and as the people started staying over 20 years ago many of these young surfers have settled started families the community is growing and maturing and with it is also like the schools are improving and there's it's just like a big synergy of people who have made an effort to live there. So there's really beautiful energy. The beach is spectacular. We have uh, extremely consistent surf on the beach breaks of Santa Teresa and Hermosa. And then there's, it's kind of like uh, trendy, young, a lot of really good restaurants. There's a great gastronomic scene there. And um, used to be mostly young travelers and surfers, but now we have, we attract a lot of young professionals couples families um and and millionaires and billionaires and in the last couple of years interestingly a lot of um mainly people from tech have been investing on the beachfront so we do have some quite high profile people who are now living there full-time as well yeah I, one of my favorite hotels back in i mean i remember going it to 06 latitude 10 got bought um you know uh, by jack dorsey from twitter so uh, yeah I mean, that is an amazing piece of property. He got himself, you know, great. I loved it. Going going to bed with the sound of the ocean was pretty amazing. You know, right yeah, there. I, just, I used to work at that property when it, before it was a hotel, when it was a private residence. Yep. And um, yeah, it's pure magic. I love it there. Yeah, so not only him, but a lot of other people um, have been relocating there. And basically we have fiber optic internet, which allows up to like, a few hundred megs and pretty consistent for Costa Rican standards. So yep. um, it's the, I think the pandemic was a catalyst for a lot of people to just make that move, you know? I agree. Well, let's give people an idea of how much it costs to live in the area. Uh, and I mean, I know that there are certain different areas, you know, I mean, there's Montezuma, Caruya, Malpais, Santa Teresa, you know, I suppose as you start to move up, Carmen, Manzanillo, I mean, you've got all those areas, right? So mm -hmm. give people an idea of just say, I mean, I don't know, choose a size piece, a reasonable size piece of land and just go, okay, for an ocean view piece of land with water electricity in these areas, this is how much you'd be looking at just roughly to give them an idea. Okay, well, 
The highest demand in our area for both rentals and real estate are the beaches of Santa Teresa and Hermosa to the north. The reason being because they're wide sandy beaches where you can pretty much surf every day of the year. So that's what the highest value of real estate is right now in our area. And then to the north is Manzanillo and to the south is Malpaiso. In Santa Teresa and Hermosa, right now an acre of ocean view can go from 700 up to past a million. And in Malpais and Manzanillo, you can still get ocean views in the like two to 500 range up to 600, uh, depending. Again, we right now is a time where we don't have a lot of inventory, but when we meet new clients and buyers that are feeling like, oh, we better buy now, we always encourage them not to make any rush decisions because there's always new listings coming up. and. Yep. It's a cash market. Uh, foreigners can't get financing in Costa Rica unless they have residency. So most of our deals are right now in this market, they're about like 30, 45 day deals at the longest. Yep. And, and people who have cash and are waiting for those opportunities can get better deals, of course. I think you make a great point, Jen, there of just not rushing in, you know, not the fear of, of losing out. You know, I say to a lot of people, of, look, it's stuff's going to become available. I mean, from what I'm understanding at the moment, having spoken to people in local municipalities is that like, there is a like backlog of segregation work happening as well. So, you know, there's going to be a huge wave of new stuff coming on the market as well. So absolutely true. Yeah. We know that um, our municipalities backlog, I personally am segregating a property and it's been in process since February and they keep saying it's coming, it's coming. But um, so I think, a lot of people have reacted to this market and are dividing either large farms or, or bigger pieces of land. Yep. And we do expect um, new inventory coming up in the next few months, three to six months. Um, and it, even though it sounds cheesy, I really do believe that in real estate, when it's meant to be, it happens. You know, like we've I had agree. many clients, we've had many clients this year who either ended up in bidding wars or decided to make an offer and it had just on, gone under contract the houses or the lots they wanted and that feeling of like stress and anxiety is obviously not a really good one for making such a big decision and purchase so um, patience I think definitely pays off and many times when things come on the market then they can jump and make a decision quickly if they already kind of really have a clear picture of what their goals are you know I, I think that's great advice Jen I really do and I think people should adhere, you know, adhere to that advice I mean, just give people an idea of how much a three-bedroom home would cost in Santa Teresa area, just for them to give to, to have an idea. Well, we we have a big variety. It really depends if you're obviously beachfront is the most expensive. Ocean views um, right now are pretty high priced as well. Smaller lots that are walking distance to the beach, you could find better deals on, and they're also in high demand for rentals. So, the the range is quite big. Give me, like, give me the give me the wide range. Like five hundred to one five. Okay. Okay. Depending okay. on quality finishings, um, another one like aside from beachfront that really people love is the combination of walk to the beach and the ocean view that yep. has a prime value, etc. I agree. I agree. I mean, what listings do you have at the moment that you would personally buy and, and why? Right now, we our bigger opportunities and better deals are in the like either multifamily or hospitality um, like market because 
most people have been buying residences and not so many businesses. So we yep. have a couple like small boutique hotels that are either um, have potential to grow or are just well priced or already like a pretty good, well run, like established business. So I think if I wasn't looking for, for a home, um, I think that there's good opportunity in like income generating properties right now. I, I agree. I agree. You know, it's, it's, I've seen it in the trends of travel here is I think Santa Teresa, Malpaisa is just getting started. I mean, I think we're about to see a huge boom in Costa Rica in general, but I think that that's a very unique area. And also when that money comes, they need places to stay, you know? So the idea of buying a boutique property and doing it up, you know, because I mean, you've got hotels like Floor Blanc and Antipa, I think Panama just got bored as well. I mean, that like these hotels are going to be upgraded. You know, I know Nantipa is building some beachfront villas there. I mean, we're talking, you know, 1500 bucks to $2,000, $2,000 a night. So I always say to people, you know, I mean, don't be in the 150 range. I mean, you can, but like the work at 150 is the same as 750, same as a thousand, you know? So like buying a boutique hotel, refurbishing it, doing it up. Um, you know, I always say to people, look, just make sure it's got more than eight rooms, you know, around 12 to 20 rooms, just because the costs are the same as eight with the fixed costs. But I think that that's, that's I think that again, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, that there is opportunity there for the right investor. Something also that's interesting that's happening right now is, um, with the growth and the new money and investment that's coming in, uh, there's a, a serious lack of long-term rentals. So that is also like a business opportunity for someone because rental prices are getting pushed up and a lot of people are having to move further out. And we still have some like properties where you could build them out that are like very well priced. That would be great to have like a business of just long-term rentals for people who live in town. Yeah, give us an idea of how much that, like, just have a think, because I mean, I've been banging on about long-term rentals is I think that that's kind of where it's at as well. You know, there's a lot of people in the short term, I say mid to long-term anywhere from three to 12 months, you know, because some people want to come down as a little nomad for three months, or some people want to stay for 12. I mean, how would you, what would be your advice on going to do that, Jen? How much would they be looking for land? Where do you think the best location would be? Well, I the, the the closer to the beach, the better, but you can still get pretty good deals in Malpais and Manzanillos mainly. Yep. And you, like, for example, a couple of years ago, a house that was maybe five or $600 a month is now probably going for 1500 or in some cases more because everybody's doing Airbnbs pretty much. Um, yep. so you could build a combination of one and two bedroom houses for rent. And like you said, there's also a, a demand for midterm rentals, not necessarily 12 month contracts, but some people who come down for three or four months of the year or a couple months and they have a hard time finding rentals. Yeah. Jen, what's your opinion on buying land without water? I know this may be like Pandora's box I'm opening here, but like, I'm sure there's a lot of land out there at the moment that does not have water. I mean, what would be your advice? What do you suggest people do? Or do you just suggest they stay away from it? Okay, well, in our area, water has been like a huge topic. Um, we, in Santa Teresa and Malpais, people used to just build with no water source. So there used to be water trucks literally carrying like 10,000 liter of water around to like dropping, filling up your tanks. They'd come back a week later and people would just buy water out of trucks. And it, the situation got so chaotic that the Muni um, started enforcing that people must have either a, a public water source, which was very limited at that time, or a registered well that, ha that has proven water in order to obtain building permits. 
um, to kind of uh, control that issue and the chaotic growth without the water supply. Our town finally got on aqueduct about four years ago and it runs only along the main road. So it comes from an aquifer north of Manzanillo and it goes all the way through the end of Malpais. And it only has like a gravity fed potential to go up about 60 meters in altitude. So wow. only the things on the main road that is what's getting the most built up and commercial uh, zoned is has access to the water. All properties in the hills, our area has very steep hills right off the coast. So most properties with ocean views have wells. Um, it's something people have to get used to. We're used to it. There's lots of, of veins and underground water. So you'd literally call like these, we call them the water witches and they come with a vine and they walk around and it's the it's ancient um, practices, but they're very accurate and they end up getting water many times. If you dig a well in the rainy season at the end of the summer, you might have to go a bit deeper. In my case, our, the well I dug at my house would dry up in the summer. So we ended up doing a backup well, but digging a well can cost anywhere from like five to $10,000 with the pumps and everything included. So it's not that big of an investment. Are you talking artisanal wells or perforated wells? Artisanal. Okay. So yeah, they find I, the spot and they literally dig it um, like with pick and shovel. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a perforated well you're probably looking, I mean, which is kind of, I suppose, goes a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, that, I mean, I think there you're looking round about, you know, $20,000 to $30,000, depending on, you know, from start Correct. to finish. The, the issue with the perforated wells is that the permitting process takes much longer. And we found that many times they decide where to dig it just be, based on where the machinery can get to physically yep. on the property. So there's there's nobody testing to see where they can feel the water source. So many times you spend that 20 grand two years later and you never find the water. Yeah. So in the in in the area of where we are, we've we've seen and many people have proven that the artisanal wells end up being much more successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's that's great information. Thanks very much for, for answering that, Jen. I mean, my last question for you, but maybe you have answered this. If you inherited five hundred thousand dollars and had to invest it in a business or real estate here in Costa Rica, what would you do with it and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think. In the current market, I, there's nothing that comes to mind that I think I would buy, but I think I would just sit and wait for the opportunity to come based on, on my personal goals. I think at this point, um, I do own the house where I live, so I would probably be looking for an investment opportunity to uh, generate income. Yep. Um, and we do get, like, because our town is so international, it's very transient. People's parents get older or the kids grow up and go off to college. So there, there is a lot of people coming in and out um, seasonally, like they're there for five, 10 years and then they're gone. So things come up all the time. But if you had to deploy it here, I mean, it doesn't even need to be in that area. It could be where you're at in the Caribbean side at the moment. I mean, if you had to invest $500,000 into something today, anywhere in Costa Rica, what would you do with it? I think I would buy like a small rental property where I live just because of convenience. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, I mean, buy what you know, right? Yes. 
So, well, Jen, I really appreciate your time. I know you're on vacation as well with your kids at the moment. So I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on the podcast. This has been great learning about the area. Uh, again, I was just in the area. It's absolutely beautiful there. Um, you know, I mean, I think when people think of like beach towns here in Costa Rica, they need to understand is they're not really that developed, right? I mean, it doesn't go more than two blocks back, right? Correct. And yeah, they're all emerging towns and it's cool. Like right now I am in the Caribbean side and it's such a different vibe and such a different scene. And um, for anyone who, who we encounter that comes to our office that are like first timers in Costa Rica or are considering and don't really know the areas, it's worth exploring all the different towns because like you said, they're all kind of emerging, but they all have their different um, like pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And the community is different in each one. It feels different. You know, the value, I say the values are that different, but like they're just different people are drawn to different areas of Costa Rica. So, well, some Jen. Have structure and some have less as well. So, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think your advice is great there, which is basically come and explore, stay in these beach towns. Don't just go to one, like it and buy, like have a explore round because, you know, you may find that the next beach, you know, I don't know, an hour north is even more what you were looking for. Totally. You know, absolutely. So well Thank great you so you're welcome jen i'm going to be placing all your contact details in the description so anyone that wants to get in contact with you can get in contact with you directly and uh, you enjoy the rest of your vacation jen thank you so much have a great yeah. day you too Bye.